Welcome to the Awesomers.com podcast. If you love to learn, and if you're motivated to expand your mind, and heck, if you desire to break through those traditional paradigms and find your own version of success, you are in the right place. Awesomers around the world are on a journey to improve their lives and the lives of those around them. We believe in paying it forward, and we fundamentally try to live up to the great Zig Ziglar quote, where he said, you can have everything in your life you want if you help enough other people get what they want. It doesn't matter where you came from, it only matters where you're going. My name is Steve Simonson, and I hope you will join me on this awesomer journey. If you're launching a new product manufactured in China, you will need professional, high-resolution, Amazon-ready photographs. Because Simo Global has a team of professionals in China, you will oftentimes receive your listings photographs before your product even leaves the country. This streamlined process will save you the time, money, and energy needed to concentrate on marketing and other creative content strategies before your item is in stock and ready for sale. Visit simoglobal.com to learn more, because a picture should be worth 1,000 keywords. You're listening to the Awesomers Podcast. You are listening to the Awesomers.com podcast episode number 79. All you have to do is pop on over to Awesomers.com slash 79 to see all the relevant show notes and details about today's episode. Now today is part one of a three-part series with our special guest Diane Borsler. And she is an MNLP who clients kindly refer to as the hypnotic Amazon copywriter and the wolf of Amazon. And by the way, Wolf of Amazon, pretty good uh, copywriting right there because that reminds me of the Wolf of Wall Street. So already a really positive association. Diane is a top-ranked international business growth expert who's helped generate massive profits for small companies globally by leveraging the power of hypnotic NLP-infused sales copy. And later I ask, what does NLP mean? And she points out it means a neural linguistic processing or something like that. I don't want to say it wrong, but she clues me in and gets me educated. So not only does she work on that in NLP infused sales copy, she helps on the business mindset shifting strategies. When she's not cranking out high converting copy or implementing business growth strategies, you'll find her walking on the ocean with her husband and four kids running the community PTSA, supporting philanthropic philanthropic events, as if I've never heard of that word, and guiding her school district and the Washington State Legislature on education policy as an elected Orcas Island school board director. So this episode, we we dive in with Diana, we just talk about a little bit of her origin story, and uh, we get right to the heart of what makes, you know, her business and what makes her tick as well. Hello, Awesomers. It's me, Steve Simonson, and here we are again on another episode of the Awesomers.com podcast. And today I'm joined by Diane Borstler. How'd I do on that? That's great. That's perfect. You got it right. Woo! Boy, I tell you, I, uh, I've had a pretty good run of uh, getting names right, uh, although I feel like you're probably being a little generous, but uh, thank you for that and thank you for joining me today. Um, Diane, I've already done kind of a bio and read-in for the, the guests, so they kind of have the, the high-level view of you. But can you tell us kind of where you live today and what takes up your day-to-day uh, time uh, in your business day? Oh, my gosh. Okay, that's a great question. So um, pri- so first of all, I live on Orcas Island, Washington, which is this amazing island off the coast of Washington. Uh, you can only get here by about a one-hour ferry ride, or you can take an airplane in. It's really cool. Um, and it's kind of an entrepreneur's mech or entrepreneur's paradise. There's a ton of us here who just work for ourselves, either online or locally, which is really nice. Uh, my day-to-day is actually a little bit crazy. I don't do the the standard nine to five. A lot of times I get up at three o'clock a.m., work till seven, get my four kids ready for school, 
um, then work again from about seven until three. And then in the evenings, I either have um, school board meetings, I'm an elected school board official, or PTSA, or I have soccer or running club or some kind of play my kids are in. And then I come home, feed them dinner, and at nine o'clock at night, I'm back to work again for a couple of hours. So it's really, you know, it's really uh, interesting, full, fulfilling life. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's essentially how I fill my day, kids and business and consulting. Well, that definitely is a unique way. Um, I, I'm a resident of the greater Seattle region, so I've been to uh, the Orcas Island and, and uh, San Juan Island areas and love it. And anybody who has not been in this area, it really is, uh, you know, like a paradise up there, a very yeah. unique and, and interesting island setting. Of course, I would probably recommend the summertime for best results. Yeah, uh, what yeah, do you think, I think yeah. so, too. Right now, it's actually raining at about 65. Um, but the good thing is we do live on something called the Banana Belt which means that a lot of the year, we actually have half the rain of Seattle and a lot more of the weather like San Diego. So it's, you know, it's really, really nice. It just now started raining up here, which is, it'll be, it'll be done by this afternoon. It'll be sunny in like 63, so. Wow, yeah. yeah. It's, it's wonderful over here. What part it of uh, Seattle area do you hail from? I, I'm actually originally from Duval. Well, yeah, believe it or not, I am st sitting right now in Duval. And, Are you serious? Uh, yeah, I'm quite serious, yeah. I love it. Yeah, it's so, so um, as yeah, we speak at this moment, I'm sitting in Duval. That is correct. That yeah. is amazing. I love it. I, I don't think I've ever been on a podcast or a summit with anybody from uh, Duval. I love it. Well, I'd like to think the global headquarters of Awesomers uh, had a uh, had its start in Duval, but uh, I do move around quite a bit, so it's definitely not uncommon to find me elsewhere. But uh, I, I'm fascinated, Diane, by your journey. And one of the things I like to do is what I like you know, call the origin story, where we kind of dive into the very beginning. So Let's go right back to that very first origin spot and uh, find out where you were born. Uh, I was born in Monroe, Washington, actually. Um, and I was born to two extremely poor parents. My mother, I think she was 17. She had no high school education. My father uh, graduated from high school eventually, but um, never really went to college. And so we grew up what I would like to call dirt poor, um, like literally dirt poor, like meals missing during the day kind of dirt poor. I'm the oldest of seven kids. And so that makes a huge difference as well in terms of how far money goes. But my father um, and my mother are both still very entrepreneurial. They do, they, they were always testing out business ideas and figuring out how to make money. So my dad uh, was good with his hands. So he started his own construction company, um, which my grandfather, you know, actually in a construction company as well. And then my mother um, started her own preschool eventually once she went and got her GED and then her associate's degree. So I was kind of raised in that, you know, you, you bootstrap it to the top, you figure it out. And from the time in kindergarten where we had like no money at all until um, I graduated, my parents actually moved, moved away when I was a sophomore and I stayed um, in Duval to graduate from Cedar Crest. So at that point in time, we went from having nothing to having, you know, $150,000, $200,000 a year lifestyle because my parents figured out entrepreneurship. And so that was a really big um, movement in my life to, to be one of the people who was from parents who certainly struggled with everything to being able to go out and eat, you know, pretty much whenever you want, being able to afford having seven kids, um, being able to be involved in activities. But in high school, because I had that motivation, I actually worked 80 hours a week through high school, um, became a manager at a restaurant at the age of 14. I mean, it was, I, I've always just had that, it's given me that drive to just keep pushing forward and also really to help other parents who are stuck in that same situation, so. For sure, well, the bootstrap beginnings really are a good uh, way to, you know, understand the value of money. It is, uh, it's not hard for those of us who come from large families. I'm, I'm the oldest of nine, for example. Yeah. <laughs> you know, very easy to uh, understand that, hey, when we're going to do something, it better have some value because uh, yeah. uh, people got to eat and uh, things need to happen. So I, I definitely get that. 
Um, now, we would need a whole separate episode to kind of outline your siblings' uh, activities. But in general, are, do they find themselves with an entrepreneurial uh, interest as well, uh, like your parents ended up uh, having and, and clearly you have? Not one of them. Fascinating. <laughs> Not right. one of them. My sister is actually a stay-at-home mom. She was a program director. My brother James is in internet technology and security. Andrew is a firefighter and like one of the – he jumps out of planes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Smoke jumper. Stay-at-home mom. Kyle is – let's see here. What's Kyle do? Kyle is actually a construction worker, and then TJ's still 11. Oh, so, well, there you go. Yeah, so he's – or maybe he's 12 now. He might be 12 now. I hope he doesn't hear this and get mad at me. He might be 12. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, they, none of them are actually very entrepreneurial, which is really surprising. But my grandparents on both sides are entrepreneurial. Um, so that is, you know, that kind of all, all delved down. And then my husband's uh, grandparents and many of his aunts and uncles are entrepreneurial. So we both actually just work for ourselves. That um, is a, yeah. quite, a, quite a potpourri uh, of uh, d- different skills and different uh, lifestyles there. I'm, I'm curious, um, did you attend university after, uh, you know, growing up in the, uh, the... I did. Actually, I was really motivated. So when I, I graduated around 17. I got my associate's degree in a year down in Southern California. Uh, and then I took a break and decided I wanted to figure out what I wanted to do with my life, moved to Indiana, went to St. Mary's College and University of Notre Dame, and then uh, graduated from St. Mary's um, after where I worked a little bit at Notre Dame for the National Science Foundation, and then moved back to Washington and immediately went to um, sales recruiting, like executive recruiting. So yeah, I mean, it was, I, I did go to college. I majored in um, statistics and I didn't touch, which is so funny. I didn't even take a business course in college, not even one. Wow. So, <laughs> it was statistics, sociology, and therapeutic jurisprudence, which is actually the way that law affects society. So therapeutic jurisprudence. Now that is that would take me a semester to figure out how to pronounce that. Yeah. Um, so it's a very it's intriguing, you know, some of the routes that people's uh, stories take. And this is one of the reasons why we like to dive into that origin, because you know, not everybody has a university, not everybody has the entrepreneurial parents or or any number of other kind of um, I don't know, interesting things that you may have in your story. Yeah. yeah. But everybody kind of ends up in a similar place when they say, hey, I want to do my own thing. I want to stake my own claim uh, and, and make some freedom happen. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to talk about that first job a little bit and, uh, and maybe some defining moments along the way. And we're going to do that right after this break. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. It's me, Steve Simonson, your, your little buddy talking to you through your headphones or wherever today. And I want to introduce you to another awesomer review hero. This hero is named Wayne RG. And he left this wonderful five-star review, quite humbling. And here's what he said. One of the greatest interviewers ever. Steve knows the right questions to ask. He really listens to the answers. And then he asks even better questions that deepen the conversation and provide valuable insights. Pair that with awesome guests and the results couldn't be awesomer with a little smiley face. Seriously though, his interviews are fascinating to listen to as if you are eavesdropping on a conversation between two successful and interesting people. And I wanna just say, Wayne RG, you are certainly my awesomer review hero today. And those words mean an awful lot to me. I thank you for your kindness and your generosity in your describing me as a potentially interesting person. That seems, Oh, it seems at odds with my own imposter, imposter syndrome, uh, but I, I really do agree that the people on there are in fact interesting, and I hope that we do make it entertaining and fascinating. Wayne RG, you are my awesomer review hero. 
You're listening to the Awesomers Podcast. Okay, here we are back again, everybody. Steve Simpson joined by Diane Borstler. I'm going again uh, in with that. Did I get it right that time too, Diane? Perfect. It's Borstler. Perfect. Borstler. Okay. Uh, you know, I'll uh, do this in post-production editing, make sure I get it right. Uh, so, Diane, help me understand. You mentioned in as you came out of university that you, you uh, got into your first job. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about that? I can. Actually, I went uh, – actually, so most – just to, to clarify – most of the, the people I went to school with at university, University of Notre Dame and St. Mary's College were extremely wealthy from families that had incredible clout and power. I was not that person. So I worked 40 to 80 hours a week to graduate in three years with a totally separate bachelor's degree from my associates. And so when I came out, I had ample work experience. So I came out into a job that paid, I want to say it was around $120,000 a year, including commission. Um, and I was doing executive recruiting and it was executive recruiting and legal recruiting. So it was really actually kind of grueling. If you can cold call an attorney or cold call an executive and get them to pay you 30% of someone's salary to, you know, if you're persuasive enough to get them to pay you 30% of someone's salary, um, you're pretty set. And so that's actually what I did. I would walk around downtown Seattle and I would, you know, go into uh, large offices and legal firms and uh, basically pitch people I wanted them to hire. And I only held that job for a very short amount of time because I quit um, I quit because there was a woman who came in and she's, she was a Yale law graduate. Uh, she was, you know, like third in her class. She was absolutely amazing, highly qualified, five years of experience was, you know, wrote for the, um, the paper, the bar paper. I mean, um, she, you know, excellent, just excellent across the board. And they wouldn't let me place her because she was deaf. And so I know, and I have a big problem with that. So I actually quit that job to go be incredibly poor and, work in special education um, and ran a nonprofit as a program director with 2000 adults with special needs, because I saw that there was a big gap between, and our job was to get them jobs. There's a big gap between people who had skill and what their specialized skills were, and then people, you know, actually getting them jobs so they can become self-sustainable. So I did that for a little while. Then I went back into recruiting sales. And then um, during the time I was in recruiting sales, uh, the economy collapsed and I had started a hard money lending finance company on the side. So that floated me a little bit. Um, and then I found out I was pregnant with our first daughter and she was born four months early. Right. So suddenly I went from being, this person, yeah, ex- yeah, we have four kids now. And she was in the, she was in Swedish hospital for four months in the NICU. So um, she came out finally, and I didn't have the job flexibility. I needed to even take care of her. I was working 80 hours a week. And one day in July, of, I want to say 2009, I'd already been running my company on the side. I had two companies on the side. Actually, I had this a financial hard money lending and capital acquisition company. And I also had started a tutoring company just to pay for her daycare. So, um, so I quit my job at that time and I um, gave my boss two weeks notice and that was it. And I said, we're going to make it or we're not because my husband had the health insurance and we made the exact same amount of money. So we slashed her income in half. I stayed home with her. Um, I was already pregnant with our second child and somehow or another, I had the right mindset and the, the grit to pull all-nighters for, I think it was for many, many years, um, pulling all-nighters and sleeping like three or four hours a day to grow multiple different companies. And so I've been self-employed um, for, I want to say almost a decade now. So it's been, it's been really amazing. And then in 2011, my husband was laid off and couldn't find another job. He was a, uh, what do you call it, product planning engineer type. So he worked with Apple, Microsoft, IBM, and th- that economy took three years longer to collapse and it just, it went down. And so he was laid off. Um, and so he suddenly came home and he's now started his own company, but he didn't, he got to be a stay at home dad for 
I want to say five or six years and now he still only works part-time. So, you know, we went from not having enough and both of us not being able to work our jobs to having enough for, for just one income um, to live on Orcas Island with one income of all places. I mean, it is, it is pricey up here. It's about oh, yeah. more expensive than Seattle. So, um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of my, my longest story of it. Now we have four beautiful, amazing kids, um, nine, eight, five, and three, three of them actually have special needs. Um, so that, you know, running a business with that, that's definitely a, 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 I don't know what you would call it. It's, it's a challenge on a day-to-day basis because you never, it's, it's kind of unpredictable, but we still manage to thrive. So yeah, that's, that's kind of my long short story. I didn't work much uh, before starting my own company. I didn't really have a choice. I was kind of thrown into having to make money from home because my daughter couldn't go to daycare. Her daycare shut down and she had seizures. So that's kind of the, the wraparound of that, you know? Yeah, it's it's interesting how. Uh, so first of all, you know, kudos to you on being able to engineer the outcome that works. Uh, that's a very impressive. Uh, secondly, it's it's interesting, that, you know, this this concept that we have, you know, that you know, here you are you are hustling like crazy during school, working and schooling, mm-hmm. and you know, doing all of this, and then that that I don't know uh, temperament or that uh, just. manner of working you were able to just kind of parlay that into your regular you know day-to-day business working literally day and night and sleeping just in the little tiny bits that you could but now you've built something so I think a lot of people out there entrepreneurs and and you know men and women alike can identify with this idea there's never enough time but you you figured out how to manufacture your own time by (laughs) massive massive I call it brain hacking Um, efficiency I'm an efficiency nut so I've studied every single mental mindset thing out there. I'm a master certified NLP practitioner and trainer. I've studied emotional freedom technique. I mean, anything that clears out whatever is blocking you in your mind and then helps you move forward. And then any strategies you can use to do that more quickly and any tools you can use, I'm all about those. I'm definitely one of the, the brain hacker types. So, yeah, I like that. Well, anything to, you know, to kind of get a leg up. So, it sounds clearly like you know some of those defining moments of the you know the the special needs coming along or the the job ending for the husband. These are things that kind of put you partially on the road where you are today. Is there is there any other defining moment or big aha that you that struck you from kind of then to now that lit a fire under my rear? Yeah. Maybe, um, yeah. So, <laughs> so right after I left, I thought we were going to be. I left my job. I thought we were going to be okay. I thought my husband was going to be able to get a second job and work through all this. Right. Um, and I was already working, you know, full time. First thing that happened was I fell asleep on the road while I was driving, um, because I was so exhausted and I was pregnant. And I just came back from tutoring like 20 miles away down and down past Kent. Um, and I fell asleep on the road and I almost crashed in a tree. And so that was kind of my life awakening moment. Like I've got to be doing something different. So I can actually spend time with my kids because I was a quote unquote stay-at-home parent, but I never really, I would stand outside literally at our Bellevue apartment. I would stand outside the, um, our sliding glass door on this little bitty patio we had and watch my daughter through the window while I was like orchestrating financial deals. I didn't really get to spend time with her. That was number one. Number two was when we realized that my business wasn't doing enough at that point in time because the financial collapse, hard money was becoming harder and harder to come by for real estate investors. And so um, we had to give our car back and we started struggling with figuring out how we're going to feed our kids. I mean, this, at the beginning of business, this was not like, you know, oh, this is all, you know, wine and roses. This was terrifying. All of a sudden I found myself using WIC, which is a social services program that I was very grateful for. I haven't had to use it in forever. It was just in you know, very short period of time in Bellevue, figuring out how to get on medical insurance for the state. I mean, it was absolutely crazy. Um, but those were really big defining moments that made us say, okay, we have to reorganize our entire lives. So we actually 
left our gorgeous apartment in Bellevue, packed up everything and moved to Indiana. Yeah. Oh, that's a and twist. We, I did not see that coming. Yes. And we lived in my mother's, my mother-in-law, she's absolutely amazing. She had a 900 square foot place. At this point in time, we already had two kids. Okay. And we weren't expecting to have more now. We have four, but we had two kids and we lived upstairs and she lived downstairs. And we did that for four years. Wow. The first year we had, we started seeing massive stability, but I was still as a mom and I was the only one working. I was still as a mom way too nervous to give that up. Um, so that was, those were huge defining moments, but just going from within one year in my business, actually, I think it was, um, with the mindset stuff that I did, it was like December, I put my foot down in December. And then by August of that year, um, I was doing $5,000 a month. And to me, that was huge money working from home. Now to me, like if I, if I had a $5,000 a month now, I'd have a panic attack. <laughs> I'd be, I would be, I, I, I if I had a $5,000 a week and I'm panic attack. I mean, I can't even imagine going back to that. But for me, that was like, all of a sudden we could afford to go to McDonald's, you know? And back then that was a thing. We lived in the city. We would, we would take kids to McDonald's and get them a happy meal. We couldn't afford that, you know? That's part of why I put it, like I put together this huge free training program because I understand these parents who are saying, okay, do I buy more product and hope that this works, you know, or do I hire a copywriter, hope this works in three months or a month and, you know, hope that I get back enough to pay my taxes or my, my, you know, insurance payment that's coming through or pay, keep food on the table? Or do I, you know, not sleep for three years and learn how to do this myself? I had to choose the not sleep for three years portion. And I, I don't regret it one bit. Um, but I, I just, I know how hard that is. You know, when you, you just can't provide no matter how hard you're implementing, you just can't seem to, you just can't seem to get there. So it can be tough. You know, we, we do live in this, uh, this Facebook world or the, the Instagram world where everybody's, uh, tweeting pictures of their, the latest uh, piece of cheesecake they're having and the the neat uh, vacation place they're having and and so forth oh, yeah. and it, it does look like all rainbows and unicorns uh full time mm -hmm. but uh the the level of sacrifice and the level of input that you have to put in to kind of get something going is often underestimated and uh, yeah. I certainly identify with what you're saying it's uh it's really important i I thank you very genuinely for sharing you know some of those moments. People just don't realize that it definitely you know, takes blood, sweat, and tears, you know, it, it just really does. And so does. And you've right earned now, your way. Huge. Yeah, we definitely earned our way here. Anybody, I mean, we, I have people who walk up to me constantly in Orcas and say, oh my gosh, I love what you do. I want to learn how to do what you do. And I created this free training program and ask me what percentage of people actually go through between writing me via email or Facebook or approach me in the street here. Ask me what percentage of people actually go through that whole training program and implement it and start a business. Boy, I uh, I will ask you that. Uh, it's less than one percent, and they're all online sellers. Wow, that is shocking. Every single one, and everybody says it's amazing. I love it. You know, I implemented it, but then they don't keep going. Right? They're like, okay, I'm just yeah, I went through it, and it's great. They don't implement. They don't have the right mindset, or they self sabotage. I'm huge on self sabotage, right? So yeah, meaning you are aware of it, but you're against it, I presume. I'm totally against self-sabotage. Okay, yeah. The way you came yeah. into it is like, I, I'm pro-self-sabotage. I no, want to No, I'm totally <laughs> anti. And the biggest thing is people have, so like I said, I'm also a master NLP and EFT practitioner. So the biggest thing is people have these subconscious beliefs they don't realize they have. And they're like those nagging little voices in the back of your head, right? Telling you you can't do it or telling you it's not going to work. And you're going to go through, if you're a proactive person, you're going to take steps anyway. But until you get rid of those limiting beliefs, until you clear those out and replace those, you're going to have to put forward effort and willpower instead of just flowing into success. And that was really the most defining moment for me is when I started realizing that as opposed to, you know, I can work 80 times harder than anybody else, but so can a janitor. If that janitor has the right mindset, you know, I think it's Bob Proctor who's a janitor. Um, if they have the right mindset, they can, 
lift themselves up and get to wherever they need to go, both through tenacity and through the right mindset. But if they don't, they're just going to keep spinning their wheels like a hamster, you know, on a wheel in a cage. It's not going to go well. So yeah, no, that's quite right. Uh, as a, uh, I worked as a janitor in the single semester of college I went to after dropping out uh, shortly after, and and I could say that obviously, you know, most often people forget this mindset uh, is is really uh, based on that personal belief of what you can or can't do. I, I wasn't smart enough to know what I couldn't do. So I just assumed I could do it. And, that was me. Yeah. You know, that, that's just kind of <laughs> how it worked out for me. I was lucky uh, in that respect. Although, you know, luck is, a, is a, probably a, an easy way to say that. You know what would be really good right now? It would be to listen to one of our sponsors. Let's take a listen. Go. Catalyst 88 was developed to help entrepreneurs achieve their short and long-term goals in e-commerce markets by utilizing the power of shared entrepreneurial wisdom. Entrepreneurship is nothing if not lessons to be learned. Learn from others. Learn from us. I guarantee that we will learn from you. Visit Catalyst88.com because your success is our success. A giddy up. Well, as you can see, Diane's full of energy and brilliant ideas and certainly understand uh, you know, that her background and some of the, the challenges she's faced has led her to this great point where she's at today. Uh, it's fascinating to see that literally uh, from the same small town that she is, uh, at least I graduated high school in the same region she's from. I didn't know that before we went in. So really fun origin story. Again, this was just part one of the three-part series. So don't forget to log in the next couple days and you'll get the next couple episodes with Diane Borsler. And we're going to learn more about how she views copywriting and how she has helped so many small businesses increase their conversions by getting better copy in their listings and their uh, web pages, whatever the case may be. So as a, a reminder, episode number 79, that's what this is. Episode number 79 of the awesomers.com podcast series. All you have to do is go on over to awesomers.com slash 79 to see all the relevant show notes and details. Well, we've done it again, everybody. We have another episode of the Awesomers podcast ready for the world. Thank you for joining us, and we hope that you've enjoyed our program today. Now's a good time to take a moment to subscribe, like, and share this podcast. Heck, you could even leave a, a review if you wanted. Awesomers around you will appreciate your help. It's only with your participation and sharing that we'll be able to achieve our goals. Our success is literally in your hands. Thank you again for joining us. We are at your service. Find out more about me, Steve Simonson, our guest, team, and all the other Osmers involved at awesomers.com. Thank you again.